Good afternoon, folks, and we're back for episode five here in the Word Encounter. Let's open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Father, we ask that you join us in this time, that you revelate your word to us and deliver unto us that which we need in this day. In your prayer, it says, give us this day our daily bread, and Father, our daily bread is your word. And so as we get into your word, we ask that you just uh, bless it and that it would be, it would land in receptors receptive ears in Jesus name. So in, um, we're in Genesis chapter 22. And so we see here uh, that um, uh, Abraham has moved on with his family. And then um, we see that uh, Abraham is talking to the Lord here. And uh, in, in, verse, uh, in verse one, uh, the Lord says, Abraham, and Abraham says, here I am. Verse two, he says, take your son. He said, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, go to the Lamb of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I tell you about. So he's telling Abraham. Now remember, he promised Abraham that he would have a, a, a offspring and that uh, and all this even in his old age. And so we see um, that Isaac has come about. Now the Lord is asking him essentially to sacrifice his son, but Abraham doesn't seem to um, question the Lord. He just starts to obey and do it, and. Um, says he got up the next morning, saddled the donkeys, and you know, and took took the boy with him to go to the mountain that the, the Lord told him about. And it says in verse 5, Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over to worship. Then we'll come back to you. The boy and I will go over to worship. You know, he's talking about making a sacrifice, sacrificing his son. And he's talking about this is, we're going to go worship. And so then uh, we drop down here. In verse 7, then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father. And he replied, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? So we've got all the paraphernalia, we've got all the stuff, but I don't see the main event. Where is, what are we going to sacrifice? Then Abraham says in verse 8, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. And so he's just going to do what the Lord told him to do in verse nine. When they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Verse 10, then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. <laughs> wow. What do you think Isaac is thinking while this is going on? because the word doesn't the word doesn't say i don't know if he's screaming and hollering dad what are you doing i don't know but abraham obviously is going to be obedient to what the lord told him then we see in verse 11 but an angel of the lord called to him from heaven and said abraham abraham <clears throat> verse 12 then he said do not lay a hand on the boy or anything to him for now i know that you fear god since you have not withheld your only son from me so this whole thing was a test it was a test of Abraham's faith. It was a test of Abraham's obedience. It was a test of Abraham's trust. And so it was a matter of, do you trust me, Abraham? Do you trust me? To me, trust is more intimate than faith. You know, trusting somebody uh, just feels to be uh, more close than mere faith. And so this was a, a test of trust. And Abraham obviously passed. A lot of times, a lot of things come our way that are negative and whatnot. And we can 
assign blame to the devil, the enemy, bad luck, whatever. But could it be that these things are from the Lord and they're testing us? What is it that you believe about me? What do you think I am able to do on your behalf and whatnot? And so in many ways, I think this whole virus situation is an issue of trust collectively and individually. Where are we standing? Are we standing on the mountain of fear or are we standing on a mountain of trust that there is something about this that is going to bring about a good ending in the favor of the Lord? Because that's what the word says about everything practically. And so we move on in chapter 23 and we see that Sarah dies. She's 127 years old. And so, you know, she lived a long life. And verse 24 we see that um, <clears throat> Abraham was old and getting on in years. The Lord had blessed him in everything. In verse 2, Abraham said to his servant, the elder of his household, who managed all he owned, place your hand under my thigh, and I will, uh, and I will have you swear by the Lord God of heaven and God of earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. But you will go to my land and my family and take a wife for my son Isaac. He did not want Isaac marrying any of the women in the area where they were living. Now that seemed kind of weird. But we find that throughout the Old Testament, the Lord giving similar instructions to the Israelites because he did not want uh, the sons of Israel to enter into covenant with wives who didn't share the same faith structure, I'll say, who, 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 who worshiped other gods, who worshiped idols and whatnot, because he knew that if they entered into covenant with them, they would be led to go down those paths. And that's what he could not have happen. And so <clears throat> this is a similar uh, uh, thing that, that Abraham is trying to get across to his servant, why he does not want this to happen. So don't let this happen. And so the servant understands and the servant agrees. And so the servant takes a couple of other dudes with them and they go to Abraham's homeland. And in verse 12, the servant is praying. He says, Lord, God of my master, Abraham, he prayed, make this happen for me. Make this happen for me today and show kindness to my master, Abraham. I am standing here at the spring where the daughters of the men of the town are coming out to draw water. Let the girl uh, to whom I say, please lower your water jug so that I may drink. And who responds, drink and I'll water your camels also. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And so he's, he's essentially saying, Lord, I need a sign. This is the sign I'm looking for. Make it happen, please, so that I know, so that I'm confident. In verse 16, it says, now the girl was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had uh, been intimate with her. He sees a girl coming down. She's beautiful. She's a virgin. She ticks all the boxes. And then down in verse 18, uh, she replied to the servant. He said, drink, my Lord. She quickly lowered her jug <clears throat> to her hand and gave him a drink. In verse 19, when she had finished uh, giving him a drink, she said, I'll also draw water for your camels until they have had enough to drink. Voila. The servant knows this is the one. So he tells her the story. She takes him back to her house to meet her parents. He tells them the story. Everybody's agreed. Yep. 
This is what the Lord is saying. She has to go and she leaves. And so uh, we see in verse 61, uh, her name is Rebecca. Then Rebecca and her family, and, then Rebecca and her female servants got up, mounted the camels and followed the man. So the servant took Rebecca and left. Key here is that these weren't poor people. She had servants. So obviously she wasn't a poor soul. So it's not like he just went and got some girl. You know, she went, uh, it was a family of means. And uh, they all agreed that, yes, this is what she should do. And this is what is exactly happened. And so in verse 67 of chapter 24, it says that, um, well, before that, uh, they're traveling on the camels. She gets off the camel because she sees somebody in the field. She says, who is that? The servant says, that's my master Isaac. She veils herself. They meet. And then in verse 67, and Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, and took Rebekah to be his wife. Isaac loved her, and he was comforted after his mother's death. And so they consummated the relationship in <clears throat> the tent of his mother. Interesting. In chapter 25, um, we see that now it's time for Abraham to pass along. So in verse 7 it says, this is the length of Abraham's life, 175 years. He took his last breath and died at a good old age, old and contented. So we see that Abraham died at 175 years, old and contented. To me, to live a good old life and to pass old and contented is one of the most... Um, desired blessings that I could ever hope for in my life <clears throat> to witness all the things all the promises that the Lord had made and had uh, brought about you witness them happening you witness your kids birth grandkids and whatnot you see all of this uh, everything uh, that had been told you from God had come to pass and you realize that you have lived a good life you're leaving on a tremendous legacy to, uh, for your kids and now you can pass in peace. And to me, that is just awesome and astounding. And so Abraham was blessed in that way. <laughs> in verse 21, we find that Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childish, childish, childless. The Lord was receptive to his prayer and his wife, Rebecca, conceived. Verse 22, but the children inside her struggled with each other. And she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples will come from you and be uh, separated. One will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. And so she has twins. She's, she's pregnant with twins, and he's telling her, but those aren't just kids. Those are two nations, and they're vying. They're struggling right now, and this is what's going to happen. And then in verse 25, the first one came out <clears throat> red-looking, covered with hair, a fur, uh, like a fur coat. And they named him Esau. Verse 26. After this, his brother came out grasping Esau's heel with his hand. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. And so you see that they were uh, born when Isaac was 60. I don't know how old Rebecca was, um, but that is what happened there. And so uh, that's going to be the origins of a of an interesting story. <laughs> and so. We see here in uh, chapter 26, um, in verse 2, uh, talking about Isaac, the Lord appeared to him and said, 
do not go down to Egypt. Now, this is uh, what happened was a famine had come on the land. And so it's, uh, Isaac decides that they have to leave in order to get food. And so the Lord says in verse 2, chapter 26, the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land that I tell you about. Stay in this land as an alien and I will be with you and bless you. And so <clears throat> Isaac goes to a, a, a land called Gerir, in, uh, or Gerir, or Gerar. I don't know, however you pronounce it. And so he goes to that land, uh, and, and he does not go down to Egypt. And then we see that he has a similar thing that, that Abraham and, and, and Sarah did in verse 7. When the men of this place asked you about your wife, <clears throat> he said, she is my sister. For he was a, for he was afraid to say my wife, thinking the men of this place will kill me on account of Rebecca, for she is beautiful. And so again, it's like a repeat. I don't know if he knew that that's what his father did twice, but he's doing the same thing. And then when the king finds out that they are not brother and sister, that they are in fact married, then he, he, he says, how can you do this to me? Essentially, uh, one of the people could easily have slept with your wife and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech warned him, the king, or excuse me, Abimelech warned all the people, whoever harms this man or his wife will certainly be put to death. And so we see that the Lord is protecting them. You know, don't do anything with this guy or else you're going to die. And so in verse 12, we see that uh, the Lord sowed seed in the land. And in that year, Isaac reaped a hundred times what was sown. The Lord blessed him and the man became rich and kept getting richer until he was very wealthy. He had flocks of sheep, herds and cattle, and many slaves. The Philistines were envious of him. So we see that the Lord has blessed him. Just like he told him that he was going to bless him, he blessed him. And so the Lord follows up on his covenant. When he tells you something, he is going to do it. We can take that to the bank. And so with that, we're gonna conclude for today and pick this up tomorrow. In, in chapter 27. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, we just ask that we would have the wherewithal to be committed to everything you are telling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.